three, two, one. Movie Court. All right, welcome to Movie Court Sidebar. Happy Halloween, everybody. We wanted to do a special episode. Unfortunately, our Prosa Kruger, Steve Kruger, is not around. He's overseas. In honor of Halloween, we wanted to record a special episode for you guys, and our defense attorney, Kyle Bornheimer, has a legal matter surrounding the recent career of Tim Burton that he would like to discuss with me. Kyle has, has come into my private quarters to discuss this, and I, I hope it warrants a, a personal discussion on my day off. Continue, uh, sir. Well, first of all, I like your, your madman-style uh, bar that you have off to the left here. Uh, yes, I'm usually call... lit most of the time, even on trial. <laughs> um, it's always sexy to, to pour a drink for a, for a meeting. Well, I, um... I try to be the sexiest judge in, in all of law. Well, again, thank you for seeing me. And I feel like, um, you know, we were talking about doing a Halloween episode and we had some ideas. There was a fun idea to where I was going to attempt to defend M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, um, which was we still might do one day. I mean, that was hard. I mean, all of us didn't feel like we wanted to spend an hour talking yeah, about he, he, him. I have a, um, a tough time. Yeah. If he warrants a, a full discussion i feel like he was getting pretty good reviews uh i feel like he's getting pretty good reviews for that visit movie and i was intrigued enough to almost see it i kind of you know i don't he's a tough one but anyway we decided on kind of exploring a little tim burton and i brought it up because i feel like tim burton's recent work has been dismissed a little bit and Mm -hmm. i'm talking about the willy wonka remake and alice in wonderland sweeney todd dark shadows and 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 a few others i have to admit Mm -hmm. that i did not see big eyes so i can't bring that into this discussion today but i think there are a couple factors for this dismissal and i wanted to revisit uh some of his movies and i wanted to visit this issue and see if he's being unfairly dismissed or unlogically compared to his earlier self and if there's more going on in his movies nowadays than we give him credit for Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see if I have any legal ground if there's uh, to pursue something. I don't even know. Maybe maybe what I, maybe it's like this. Maybe I want my client. You know the recent work of Tim Burton. I think he's being unfairly harassed, and I <laughs> right, want that right. to stop um, okay. or ignored. I don't. Can you sue someone for ignoring you? Well, for the well for the sake of this, let's call it harassment. And uh, you know, maybe I want him to. Maybe I want his harassers to stay away. You know, fifty Just yards. Pro- we need. You want to protect Tim Burton a little bit more from the. Protect. Yeah, the cease and desist from his hordes of, of people attacking him. <laughs> sure, I mean it's like, not a real torches, court. You're not very, a real very Halloween esque. There, he's like Frankenstein, where there, you know, the villagers are are carrying torches. The, the cinematic nerd uh, villagers are carrying torches <laughs> to to uh, attack poor Tim Burton Frankenstein. Exactly. Which is interesting. I, I, I uh, recently watched, not all of it, but uh, Corpse Bride. watched about half of it. Um, that, that's a segment of his career that people don't talk about enough, I feel like, between, uh, what was it, Frankenweenie and Nightmare Before Christmas and Corpse Bride. It could be argued that that's actually kind of where he is most comfortable in, in that purely visual, almost cartoon realm. But uh, continue, sir. Well, no, I mean, you can talk more about anything you've observed lately. I mean, I, I, you know, it is, it's, you know, we can look at his career and, and 
and track it a bit. Your interest that is an interesting. Well, that's pocket. what I was going to say. Do you want? Do you want to specifically? Uh, discuss his recent movies or should we just go through his filmography and see where it it, it went off track or it, you know, the perception that it went off track but let me ask you this at least let's let's start recent and then then we can backtrack but uh, is there something one of his recent works that you've seen that especially has either been derided that you enjoyed and that you think is unfairly derided in in his recent work well, I think uh, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie actually. Um, mm-hmm. It's got an element of backstory to Charlie's character that doesn't quite hit for me. Um, I'm not not Charlie, sorry. Um, of Willy Wonka's backstory, actually Charlie's Charlie's story I think works quite well, and it's well acted. That, that kid um, is really good. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's excellent. And and, and you know that Australian actor we've liked for years uh, plays his dad, and and of course mm-hmm. you know the Helen Bonham Carter. I really liked all the scenes in that movie with with the family, and I liked. I didn't mind the approach that that Depp and and Burton took with with Willy Wonka. I didn't want it to be a rehash of of Gene Wilder's. Mm-hmm. It was going to be hard to compete with Gene Wilder's interpretation of that anyway. And I for about half of that movie I quite like, and then the second half I'm liking in spurts. I can't decide whether I like the uh, the Oompa Loompa approach they took but i don't know if i hate it um i didn't like the musical numbers anyway but i didn't mind that that's the approach they took and i didn't mind the little backstory about the oompa loompas i didn't love the dad issue thingy or some of the back issue stuff with uh with willy wonka's character and depp's interpretation got um a little tiring although i'm not i'm a huge depp fan and and really and i'll talk about this later the the collaboration between those two um, is second to none and is is really a gift from the from the movie gods uh you know and I think it it started way back when but I think it's uh, I I like the other thing I just watched dark shadows and depth's very good in dark shadows and and it's not a bad movie it's it's uh it's got a little it gets a little bit just frankly boring in some spots but it's not a bad tale and, and depth's actually really fun in it I think it touches on on Burton's major weakness, and it's something that even when I go back and look at his earlier stuff, is he's not a great storyteller. He's mm-hmm. never been a great storyteller. Right. He is purely visual and um, almost exclusively visual. And depending on the material, that either works or it doesn't. But I would say that his his best movie is Edward Scissorhands. Exactly. Can we agree on that. And it's the most uh, tightly drawn story that he. It's a clearly drawn. Exactly. Story. I, I I agree. I mean, it's interesting. I, if you look at his career and track it a bit, I mean, he explodes out of the gate. You know. I, and, and, well, yeah. And, let's start. Let's start there. Let's. <laughs> Because do we we start with Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right? We'll skip over Frankenweenie, which was a short, but the Frankenweenie short in 1984 was what his calling card. Yeah, that was his calling card, and he had been working for Disney, I think, but it was not happy. I also saw that it was an interesting thing. He was born to um, a woman who owned a, a cat themed gift shop. Oh, really? <laughs> in Burbank, California, which is just kind of awesome. The idea of young Tim Burton growing up in the 60s in Burbank just makes me happy. well and coming of age in the 80s in the reagan yeah. 80, you know yeah. i think he he hit at the exact right time for what his sensibility was about to bring to what what really hollywood needed and you kind of look at these first this these first movies of here after frank and Weedy, um kind of makes some uh, um announces them a tiny bit we got Pee Wee, 
Beetlejuice. Well, took, yeah, enormous leaps. Look at the three leaps that he took from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which who could have seen that one coming in terms right. of how imaginative and the, the career that that guy would have would have had after that. Like in the months leading up to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, it would have been interesting. So now this guy's going to end up being one of the biggest directors of the next 25 years. Like, yeah. Really? This guy making this silly Pee-wee movie? He jumps from Pee-wee to Beetlejuice, which is a huge step in and of itself and right. then right to Batman. So in basically two steps, he goes from little tiny peewee movie to arguably at that time, the biggest movie of the year. Right. I mean, I, I remember how enormous the lead up to the release of Batman was. Oh yeah. It was unparalleled. I'd never witnessed anything like it, but that's an interesting movie to revisit. I, you know, peewee holds up Uh Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice. So it's kind of unassailable, but, um, Batman, I watched recently, that is not necessarily a movie that holds up. Yeah, you know, I have somewhat complicated feelings about Batman. I'll tell you what Batman does do. It, Batman is kind of the godfather of adult superheroes in a, in a way. You know, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be seen for another couple years, but I remember you coming home, actually, and saying that you'd seen the Batman trailer and you were like... It's not the Adam West one. Like it is it is like he's got this awesome black outfit and it's for adult like and it played very well of its time and a lot of his movies kind of do. Um and it I, I don't disparage it, you know, again, because he's not a great great storyteller and he's not um a great great action director. It suffers on that, but it created... No, it, the it, fist fights and things are pretty bad. They, it feels very studio-bound. Superhero movies have gotten more and more epic, especially the Christopher Nolan Batmans, where you actually felt like you were in a major city. You watch those movies now, and they just feel very tiny. And the Batmobile does not... like. There's a, you know The lead-up to the big first Batmobile chase is this, like, oh my god, it's going to be this amazing chase... And it basically is just like they they circle the block once in a very in that that car cannot turn corners properly, so it's right. It's the no, most they, clunky yeah. car chase that's ever been. I think he, you know, he does it. He goes full bore on on Batman Returns. Um, but you know, listen, I, I thought we can talk about those movies. There's there's merits to them, and but in to get back to the point of of his of his recent work. I mean, if we're comparing it to this period, so this period is eighty four to ninety two when he does. Pee-wee, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, and Ed Wood. And, and, and yeah. then he has Batman Returns in there a little bit, which whatever you want to say about that as a superhero movie, it's a pretty grand vision. Um, and it's a really work that he put a, a shitload of passion into. So this is eight years. and Yeah, he, does have, he had a great run. He yeah. had an amazing... Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood are near masterworks. Um, and all of the movies I just listed are damn fine movies and are unique, visionary, impassioned, and entertaining. So it's truly a man at the top of his form. I, I really enjoyed revisiting a lot of these. I, you know, I don't even consider myself a huge Burton fan, but revisiting these, I really appreciated the artistic um, burst he was going through at the time. I mean, he—it's he, pretty remarkable. I mentioned Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood as, as the best there were, but the other ones are top notch as well. And um, then when I'm comparing then, which I think is what's going on a little bit with his recent work, is I go back to my kind of John Hughes uh, edict or philosophy, which is people talk about how John Hughes didn't do anything after the 80s. And I'm always like, well, so what? Like, yeah, he, right. he did. Well, 10, he actively left Hollywood. He actively left. And, you know, but he, he made I don't think he was totally gave up creating yeah, film and, and writing. So writing. You, you can say that. But listen, he had 10 amazing years 
of uh, culture changing and culture impacting work that wasn't only culture impacting, but just great as as write screenplays, great films. And, you know, how many people can say that about any career they've chosen that they have 10 years on top like that? So I don't care that some artists don't perpetuate. I think what the issue people have with Burton, especially in the last, I would say, 10 years, and we'll get into that, is the choices that he's made in terms of the projects he's Right, gone with now. But let's start. Let's go back to uh, the first movie that was sort of perceived as a bomb. And I, I've actually never seen this movie all the way through. And I, I, I do think there's sort of a weird cult following with it, with which is Mars Attacks. Have you ever actually seen that movie? Oh, I did. I saw it in the, in the theater, and I remember being not. And this also points to him. I mean, some of his choices become one trick ponies. So after the first 15 minutes of Mars Attacks, I don't need to see a spoof of, of yeah. aliens for for that long because it's just you sort of get the joke and he's not he's not a great enough satirist to keep your interest he's not a clever you know he's got a he's got a, a wicked little sense of humor but it it, it you don't need much his, of it so yeah and his aesthetic started to get a little predictable is and it, like along with that and danny elfman's score like there's a certain element to his stuff now that you there's a little bit of an eye roll like oh here we go like it's the same old shit but, well, I, that, I was thinking of that. I mean, if you notice, yeah, so he's got Mars Attacks. But then more recently, you talk about how it, that was kind of his first bomb or whatever. And then it's a lot of like his choices. He's chosen remakes and, and you know, Alice. Well, and, pretty much all. Like now here, Sleepy Hollow, I would argue, is one of his best movies. Actually. Yeah, I like Sleepy Hollow Sle- a whole lot. Sleepy yeah. Hollow is, is great and really enjoyable. And, and kind of the best aspects of his aesthetic put to the best use in terms of right. darkness and the way that the headless horseman is both conceived and designed and then shot and acted by Christopher Walken is it's a really iconic mm-hmm. um, character. Actually. I agree. But now we do get into this period. Okay. So we go from sleepy hollow to the remake of planet of the apes, which by all accounts is, was just not good. Right. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I agree that that's the, that's the hardest one to uh, kind of defend on here. Then there's Big Fish, which is the one that people like, I think, wanted to be better than it was. I, I've, I've now seen that a couple of times, and it's fine, but it, it's, uh, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't hook me in the same way that Ed Wood or Edward Scissorhands does. It, it's, tr- it's trying to, but it's not really. So, although I do love Ewan McGregor in it. Well, yeah, and anything with Albert Finney in it is going to be. Yeah. You're going to have at least the watchable scenes that Albert Finney's in and, and yeah I you know I was I revisited a little bit for this discussion and it is the movie that people I guess of the last 10 years do uh, is a little more beloved and and it's interesting because it doesn't play into the gothic thing so it, it right. I, I think why it, he, he responded to some elements of that story that he said he could you know that he felt he had a vision for and you look at that trailer and it's like how did they make this into two hours it is like there's so much going on in this movie which is the point of it it's it's tall tales and so I I get the love for that movie, and I, I think I quite liked it when I saw it, um, and I think it's telling that it's it's not too lining up with him, because I think what happens with these remakes is they almost feel too too much Burton-y, and then you feel like you are going to get a redundant aesthetic from him. You know, they, may, they line up too much with him, or at least the trailers make it feel that way, but as I've sort of noticed and what I've said with, with Dark Shadows and Willy Wonka, if you actually visit it, it's not, it's, it's not a, as, as sort of wrote Burton oh he's just doing his thing as as much as you think there's some entertainment value and some real passion that he's putting into these and there's other directors that I that have redundant aesthetics that I don't that I that I don't mind 
uh, following from picture to picture. I mean, Wes Anderson comes to mind. He has a very similar aesthetic in all his movies. But but I think with Wes Anderson, I always know that he has something to say. You know, he's just proven so that that. You know, even when I'm like, you know, his movies are like a warm blanket to me. So I kind of like that they always feel the same. But at the same time, I was like, now, does, is, does he have something to say as well? And by and large, Wes has always had like a, another great tale to tell and stories and dialogue and observations. And I think with Burton, maybe they don't trust that Burton has enough to say with these movies. And and, and they, they think, oh, he's just going to be doing his thing. I, I think also there was a tipping point for whatever reason with Alice in Wonderland. That to me was the quintessential why movie where I was Mm -hmm. like, why are you making what, what is the purpose in Tim Burton making this movie again with Johnny Depp? And that was the point which was like, uh Oh, we jumped the shark. Now we're into this sort of tired. um, And then I also wondered if there was something just cynical about it. There's a, there's an element to his work recently where I feel like, I mean, big eyes was a personal project, I guess, but sometimes it seems like he's, he's just cashing a check a little bit. Now we have, okay, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, which I, I don't necessarily disagree, may be uh, underrated. I, I I had issues with it, but it's been years since I've seen it. Uh, but it still begs the question, like, really? Okay, you're going to you're gonna remake Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Then you go to Sweeney Todd, which <clears throat> I never saw. Did you see it? I saw Sweeney Todd, and, and it was on recently. It's actually been playing, like, on HBO recently. And, and um, you know, Depp can't sing, which hurts, but... Uh, it, I remember probably feeling a lot of the very similar um, about it. But, you know, you, you, as far as sort of I don't know if you use, use the term phoning in or, or cashing a check. I don't think it's that cynical. I think it's that he sort of leaps before he looks. So it's like on the surface, Sweeney Todd seems like a good project for me on the surface. Uh, Alice seems and then his movies sort of peter out after about halfway through because you're a little concerned that he doesn't have much to say after the initial Well, right right sometimes there is that yeah once he's established the aesthetic and you're like okay I get it I mean that's that's kind of how I felt with Dark Shadows Dark Shadows looks amazing there's no doubt that Mm -hmm. every frame of that is enjoyable to look at but and this is, I think, Burton's greatest weakness. And he's actually said unapologetically, like, I'm, I am interested in the visual image. That, to me, is what classic cinema is and blah, blah, blah. And I don't disagree with that. But if you're going to ask, ask to hold my attention for two hours, yes, there's no doubt that he can put together a great image, but I need more after 20 years. What's interesting about that is his more successful movies, and it's not just that he went through an era of creativity and then... Mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands is character based. It is a, it's a small nugget of a movie of a, a really sympathetic, interesting Frankensteinian character that he then builds his vision around. And and but that whole movie is we are we are we are um, dragged through not dragged we are, we are carried through that movie by this amazing character. Same thing with Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that movie is made, but that's one of the most lovingly made movies ever made. Is Ed Wood? I mean, that movie works because it's so lovingly made, and it's lovingly made because he loves Ed Wood and he loves uh, Boris Karloff. Karloff. So, and there, you, it comes through. It's objective enough not to be too, uh, you know, patting them on the heady, but it's 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 still there's a lot of love there. So, and then even Beetlejuice is is based around one character in a house 
so that he couldn't, you know, where some of these other movies are so untethered. I mean, you got Alice in Wonderland. There's a whole battle at the end of that fucking movie that oh, comes out yeah. of nowhere. I mean, it's, it, it is also a symptom of Hollywood these days where these movies have to end so grandly. And Beetlejuice, I think, ends with just him haunting another family out of the house. You know, it's like the diehard thing. All we needed in 1988 was a building and now we need a universe to be destroyed. So it, I think he's fallen a little bit into the, the trap of, of current day Hollywood big, big budget uh, filmmaking. Well, that's why I feel like Big Eyes was a, a, an additional disappointment. Not, I did not see it, but everything that I read and heard was that it. Uh, we were all hoping it would be a return to form, like a project like Ed Wood, or and it was the same writers as Ed Wood, I believe, and the same guys who wrote Larry Flint and uh, Andy Kaufman, you know, right, Man right, in the Moon, or whatever. But from everything I heard, that seemed like he he didn't pull that one off either, which is a shame. And who knows? I mean, do we know what he's working on next? He's got. No, oh, he's doing Beetlejuice too, maybe. Oh, right, right. But that's <laughs> so I guess that falls I right. I feel like heart. that's not going to happen. I, I yeah. just—it's so hard for me to imagine that movie actually happening. Um, this Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children—is that a movie project or is that? That's what it's. Yeah, he says he's directing it. Well, you know, you know what's interesting too is it, when it, it, directors fall into this sort of how do you not repeat yourself, but how do you also play to your strengths and what you know what right. continues to interest you and in some you know. So you look at Spielberg and Scorsese, and I feel like they changed their game a little bit and 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 widened their interests as filmmakers, and then start started putting their t- tools to different use. And I actually sometimes enjoy watching Spielberg and Scorsese's movies from the last 20 years more than their early ones. A, because I've seen their early ones so much, but their latest ones I think have interesting things to offer where you have these really master craftsmen uh, working with new material that is interesting you to might, them. You might bring up, yeah, the, the biggest point here, which is pushing into different directions. I mean, I, I it's funny, Wes Anderson is a good example of somebody. Like a couple of years ago, I was like, this guy's dangerously close to boring me because I feel like I know what I'm getting into every time he makes a movie. But then his last two movies, I enjoyed more than any other. So I was like, mm-hmm. Grand Budapest Hotel is his best movie. And it's so interesting because it's just this contradiction of like, wait, I thought I was over his aesthetic. And somehow he just made the best, most Wes Anderson-y Anderson movie. Well, you <laughs> have to. Artists really have worked. to. Yeah. I mean, artists have to keep themselves interested in. Well, and he's in, talked about making a horror movie. And that's what I always say. I would love to see Wes Anderson direct yeah apply it's like the robert altman comparison right which is altman always takes his his toolbox his aesthetics and applies it to different genres which is why i loved him so much and i was like what does that look like yeah if wes anderson tries to tackle something a different genre with his his sensibility well i mean it's also i mean yeah you you um with burton like i said you you have to keep yourself interested and and everyone gets disinterested in things and loses um not everyone, but it happens to artists. It happens to actors and filmmakers and writers mm-hmm. where you lose. You know, even you meant you mentioned Larry Krasinski and, and you know, the guys that wrote um, Larry Flint. You know, they had Ed Wood. They had like three great scripts like that in the 90s. And I feel like every once in a while they pop up with another one that's supposed to be that. And it's like, well, you know, maybe that was a, of its time. And, you, you know, you got to kind of move on from that quirky biopic thing. So or, or like Angelo Pizzo and, and David Anspaugh with the sports movies. You know, they had two amazingly well done sports movies and Hoosiers and Rudy, and I, they, they, then every once in a while they come up with another one that that uh, doesn't quite work. So it's hard. It's hard to not, you know. So with Burton, in his defense, though, if this is him, if these movies of his are him sort of losing a little bit of 
the the overall vision or charm that he had in the late 80s or 90s. And so they're more... Like what I'm kind of missing is the fire you saw under his belly in the early days. Now, maybe that's just unfair to any artist, but... Well, exactly. Um, and that's I guess that's yeah. my point. He's, his stuff is still very watchable. It, like at the very... And that's I guess that's part of my well, defense. That's like, why don't we bring this to a close by saying, what do... What is what is it that you want from this, this judge <laughs> and this court? Well, right. Like I said, I mean... <laughs> Like I said, maybe it is to um, to to can a court order people to watch? Can you, can the movie court order people to watch movies, or or like, do you have that authority over people? Um, I mean, why should we take a little more notice, you know, of these more recent works? I mean, first of all, you know, any excuse to not stream a movie on Netflix and instead mm-hmm. watch it in the theater is a good one. And I think Burton's movies. And I was watching this. I was thinking this as I watched Dark Shadows. And that's why, like, even when he kind of loses a thread as a storyteller or he is, you can see him sort of grasping a little bit to find the connection to some of these movies that he had prior. His movies are mm-hmm. still very cinematic and fun to to be be with in, in the movie theater. He does still d- create a very big screen experience, which is important in an age when when those of us that love the big screen experience want people to have a reason to go to the to the theater i would maintain if i you know that even if you lost interest an hour into dark shadows you had a damn good you you got some entertainment there for an hour and there's something to be said for that there's something to be said for that kind of a cinematic experience i think his vision still it's not like he's completely lost it you know it's not like he's he's completely grasping at straws and i think there's a very some very fun stuff going on in dark shadows i was pleasantly surprised by it because the trailer made it look way too flippant um, and right. easy, and I thought mainly because of Depp, and, and let's talk about Depp because that's the other thing that we should, um, you know, he he he'd had uh, Ed Wood and Edward Scissorhands with Depp early on, but his mm-hmm. other movies of that era didn't always have Depp. It's it's really been since Sleepy Hollow that we've seen Depp in so many of his things, and I think, like I said earlier, it's 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 such a great, wonderful collaboration to be. To be able to witness, I think the Dark Shadows uh, characterization is really, really fun by Depp. He does some great, some of his best acting, I actually think, in Dark Shadows. Uh, it's more, some of his most controlled acting, um, and uh, how fun he, is he good has in that with one. The but there's a little bit of a too much of a good thing going on with the. the I, I do. I didn't mind him it, in Dark Shadows, but I would argue in Alice in Wonderland. And I think Alice in Wonderland is the one that's like. But but here's my thing with Depp, and I always love and this. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and 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 Sweeney Todd. I mean, well, know, I think yeah, I, like I, I think, said, too much of a good thing, maybe, but maybe, but um, I can't fault I can't fault Depp for that, and I can't, I, I I I he he Burton leaves him hanging a little bit story and character wise. You know, Depp has an approach to his acting that is very unique, and and really. I think pretty wonderful, and sometimes he needs a little more help from his director to keep. I mean, it happens in his latest one too. There's really nothing going on in that Whitey Bulger movie. There's um, also an argument to be made that um, the the day that Helena Bonham Carter and Tim Burton got together, he became a worse director and she became a worse actress. <laughs> I, I, I am I not. Don't, I, I, I don't agree with that. I li- I think she's. I don't like you her mean, you, you th- movies. Really? She went from very naturalistic to I find her very mannered in all of the Burton movies and in those Harry Potter but movies. But don't you There's think that that's really part of I mean I do you want a naturalistic performance in Sweeney Todd or <sighs> Well, in- it it goes back to our saying like um something can be big but still honest. 
There's something about her stuff in a lot of those Burton movies that just doesn't feel honest to me. She's just acting the fuck out of it. I don't know. I think um, I, I, I see it as a breath of fresh air to to. Uh, yeah, I, I I disagree. I, I like well, her as a as an example. Eva Green, Eva Green, Eve Green, Eve, who's Eva Green, Eve, who's the second best Bond girl in history. Yeah, um, she she's big but honest. Like I in 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 uh, Dark Shadows, like that to me, she hit the sweet spot. And even um, he's had other actresses, uh, Christina Ricci, who's not an amazing actress, but she is so perfectly cast in Sleepy Hollow. Like sh- she looks like a Tim Burton character drawn off a page. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if I d- yeah. agree with your Helen Bottom Carter assessment, but sometimes these directors get uh, so attached to a star that they, they, they pigeonhole them or they, um, they cram them into roles that they might not be right for. So at the beginning of his career, he had all these amazing things lined up. He was wonderfully matched with Johnny Depp. He was wonderfully matched with Christina Ricci, wonderfully matched with Winona Ryder of that time who had an amazing sensibility mm-hmm. and look. And all that's even even Michael Keaton, all that stuff lined up really, really well for him. And then as you go on, and it, this happens to almost, we talked about this with Coppola and how well he was able to cast in the 70s and in the 80s, it got a little more inconsistent. It is hard to maintain that kind of, Tetris, you know, interlocking right. pieces for 20 years. You know, it's just hard. At, at some point, there's going to be a piece that doesn't fit or there's going to be a performance of a friend of yours that you want to put in all your movies that doesn't quite right. line up with their sense. Or they get too easy. Maybe Helena's gotten too. But did you like Helena in Lone Ranger? Uh, she was fine. It was, but, but that was like more of a cameo than anything. Talk about an underrated movie. We should bring that movie to court because it's yeah. an underrated movie. Um, well, let's wrap this up. Um, I, I, I like this idea, though, that of sense. I have to order the general public to see Tim Burton movies in the theater as opposed to. On <laughs> I like video. that. I would also, uh, yeah, I, I think we should be somewhat forgiving. I, I don't hate Tim Burton. My my fear of Tim Burton is that he's he can make an incredible amount of imagination somehow seem boring uh, hmm. if it's yeah. not put toward the right thing. And uh, like Alice in Wonderland becomes the example of like, wow, there is so much imagination here, but it is uncorralled and and, and then it it becomes nothing because there's so much of it. But look, we love Tim Burton in this in this courtroom. But, you know, you've brought up some interesting points. And and, and as I go forward (laughs) in this law system, rendering judgments. I have to consider these things, and uh, I thank you for bringing them to my attention. You're lucky that Steve Kruger was not here to lambast <laughs> your thoughts. Well, we might have to get his thoughts. Uh, <laughs> on yeah, maybe we'll do a sidebar to the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar, uh, if he ever gets back from Japan. But I've got some paperwork to do, <laughs> as a judge does. I'm putting on my glasses. I put some underwear on, pipe. too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so you, you, you must, uh, I'm dismissing you from my quarters. Thank um, you. And let me and, just say your quarters were as disgusting as I thought they'd be. <laughs> oh, we should probably plug our various things, right? So, uh, Kyle, do you want to plug yourself? Well, my CBS show, Angel from Hell, starts in February. And um, with Jane Lynch playing a, a would-be guardian angel, which is uh, she's hilarious at. Uh, you can follow me at Kyle Bornheimer on Twitter and Kyle Bornheimer 2075 on uh, Instagram, although, I, uh, again, I haven't uh, gotten the Instagram bug quite yet, but uh, soon enough. As always, you can email the movie court at themoviecourt at gmail.com. Feel free to nominate movies that you'd like to bring into this courtroom. Uh, our Prasa Kruger will be back very soon, and we'll have a brand new episode for you shortly. Um, that is all. This court is dismissed, sort of. We weren't in session, but it's dismissed anyway. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> And happy Halloween.
Movie Court. Movie Court.